This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket for Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. I'm here today, once again in my backyard. I'm going to really live up this great weather. I mean, it's 70, it's gorgeous, I love the fall air, oh, just beautiful. But it doesn't help me take my mind off the fact that the Lions are freaking cursed. You don't believe that? Like, I don't believe in any cosmic stuff. I don't. I don't believe in the boogeyman. I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I don't believe in Santa Claus. I don't believe in the Tooth Fairy. But I do believe, the one thing I believe is that the lions are cursed. I don't know how else you could see it. I really don't. If you don't believe in curses, like the witches putting a bunch of ingredients in the big pot and stirring it all together, You might not believe, I believe. The Lions are freaking cursed. There's like no question about it. Did you hear the news? Did you hear the latest news? All of a sudden, on Monday night, I happen to be out with my wife and another couple enjoying some pizza. I get a little notification on my phone. C.J. Garner-Johnson done for the season. Like what? When did that happen? Apparently, he tore his pack in the game on Sunday. He stayed in the game on Sunday. He was limited, but he fought through it, and now he's done for the season. Now, Dan Campbell says there's a chance he could come back for the postseason and in the year, but for all given purposes, he's done. So one of the Lions' best defensive players on a defense that needs all the help they can get, as you saw on Sunday, out for the season. But it's not just him. Like, I'll prove to you that the Lions are cursed offensively, Taylor Decker still battling the ankle. I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. I have no proof of that. Hal Valtai, the offensive lineman who seems like he was always hurt last year, he's hurt again. He's not going to play on Sunday. David Montgomery, the running back, the former Bear, I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. Now, I guess he's got a chance. He's got a thigh issue. He's not going to play. That's offensively who you're going to miss more than likely on Sunday. Julian Aquora, Josh Pascal, Khalil Dorsey, all on IR. James Houston, fractured ankle, out six to eight weeks. By the way, how are you only out six to eight weeks if you fracture an ankle? Like, if I fractured my ankle, I'd be out for my life. Probably not going to walk again. But he's out six to eight weeks. C.J. Gardner-Johnson with the torn pec. And we're still waiting on Emmanuel Mosley, probably the best corner, who's dealing with a hamstring issue. And Dan Campbell does not feel great about him playing. Say whatever you want about the Lions. Have whatever feeling you want about this team. 
If you want to jump off the bandwagon, if you want to think the season's flushed down the toilet, if you want to say it was all for nothing, I mean, do all that. I got no issue. You might be right. But the one thing I know for a fact that you probably disagree with is that they're cursed. This is a curse. I don't know how to break it. They tried to. Remember Peyton Manning's show came? Tried to break the Bobby Lane curse last year. We thought it worked. It didn't. This team is cursed. I don't know who made who mad. I don't know how it came to be. But there is such a thing as a Lions curse. And we are seeing it once again. Two weeks in, nine guys, nine freaking guys out. And guys that actually play a pretty big key in winning football games. So I just had to get off that my I'll get that off my chest. This team is cursed. They've always been cursed. How else do you explain the ways they lose? How else do you explain the losing? How else do you explain the stuff that's happened to this organization? It is one big curse. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what you do. I mean, do you go to a store and get like breaking curses for dummy? Mix together a bunch of ingredients and pray for the best. And then all of a sudden the Lions win the Super Bowl. Team is freaking cursed. I'm sick of it. Had to get that out of the way. Now for the real theme of this podcast. Sorry for the last five minutes. If you don't believe in curses, you should because it's real. Like, is there a graveyard buried under Ford Field? I'm moving on, I swear. I'm moving on. But if you listen to me on the radio over the years... You probably have come to a couple different conclusions. One, that my voice sucks. Yeah, I know. It sucks. You know, I wish I could put like a processor on it so it would be nice and bassy. I think you would like me more. But yeah, you know, my voice sucks. Two, I have a tendency to whine every now and then. Sorry. My wife has a problem with that as well. And the third thing you probably realize about me, even though you probably think I'm a decent enough guy, I'm probably too much of a troll at times, and I'm way too reactionary, like way too reactionary. Something happens, a little bit of negativity right off the bat, and I just bail. I jump ship. I leave everybody to fend for themselves. Well, I'm trying to work on that, people. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be less reactionary, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm working on myself. And I'm going to prove to you that it's working because there was something that was going on on Detroit radio on Tuesday that blew me away, if I'm being perfectly honest. And it has everything to do with the head coach of the Lions, Dan Campbell. Let me get back to what was said in a second. But first, I have some audio for you, okay? Because we all know that Dan Campbell is Mr. Gambler. We all know that Danny Guts loves to go for it. He went for it on three times on Sunday against the Seahawks. I didn't have a problem with any of them. Now, I like some decisions more than others. He converted on one, missed on two, but they were all fourth and short. They were all pretty much around midfield with the exception of one. But yeah, the ones he didn't convert on, he gave Seattle pretty good field position. The first one was four and four, four, fourth and four. They were at the Seattle 31, could have kicked the field goal. It was a 7-7 game. He went for it, did not convert. Stayed a 7-7 game. 
Seattle took over on their own 31. I don't hate that call. Fourth and four, you have a dynamic offense. It's who you are. I don't hate it. Second one was fourth and three at Seattle's 11-yard line. Goff hit St. Brown for six yards, picked up the first down, ended up scoring a touchdown, made it 21-14 Lions. Great call. And not just because they made it, but this is who Dan Campbell is. It was a good play. They didn't settle for a field goal. There you go. The third one was fourth and two at Detroit's own 45. David Montgomery was out of the game and hurt. They didn't get it. Turned over the ball. Seattle had great field position on Detroit's 45, went down to score a touchdown, take a lead. I didn't love that call, but I didn't hate that call. Again, all three were fourth and short. For the most part, with the exception of the one on the 11, they were right around midfield. Yeah, you're putting your defense in a bad spot, but this is who Dan Campbell is. And I feel more times than not, it works. And if you go back and you look at the analytics, should he have gone for it? Should he have punted? I think more times than not, you find out he was right. He did things by the book. So I got no issue with the fourth downs, like none at all. But I did have an issue with the last drive of the game. And we already went through this, but I'll, I'll go through it very quickly again. Because it was a tie game, Lions came back from 10 down. And Mr. Aggressive, Danny Guts, I'm going to call him, decided to get conservative. There was 144 left. Lions had the ball at midfield. They had three timeouts. And for some reason or another, he played for a field goal. He wasted 39 seconds on the first 12-yard gainer from Goff to Josh Reynolds. He left himself no time to just go for it a couple different times. They got in the field goal range, and then for some reason or another, they wanted to play for the tie and not the win. And when you do that, you run the risk in overtime of the other team winning the coin toss, scoring a touchdown, and you lose the game. And that's exactly what happened. I hated that call. I hated that decision, not because it might have not been the right or wrong decision. I just think if your identity is Mr. Guts, if your identity is I'm going to go for it, I'm courageous, then continue that identity. And don't, in the biggest moment of the game, get all conservative. Well, Dan Campbell went on the morning show today on 97 won the ticket, the Stoney and Jansen show. And of course, he was asked about that decision. First time on Sunday, he simply said, I didn't want to give the ball back to Seattle. This time, he gave us a little more. I want to play you his explanation, and then I'm going to get back to what I heard on Detroit radio that really threw me for a loop. Here's Dan Campbell on the Stoney and Jansen show. You just come back from two scores down, right? So we're down 10 points. We battle our way back, minute 44. So to me, you're down three. At the worst case scenario, you're going in tied at halftime, playing in overtime. Yeah. We, do we agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So we know at worst that's what we need to end up with. At best, we're going to get a touchdown. That is not end of game scenario in my mind. That is end of half. That's like we're the end of the second quarter is how we're playing that scenario. So we come from two scores down. We go. Let's make sure we just fought our way back in. We, at minimum, are going to get a field goal, and we are not going to give them the chance to answer before halftime. So we methodically drove it down. I love what Ben called. You know, we didn't – I thought golf did a heck of a job. You know, we missed on a throw there, you know. But 
but ultimately we had plenty of time to answer, um, and, and, but we did what we needed to do to get into overtime. But I wasn't, at that point, shoot, man, down two scores, that, that putting them in a game that they didn't want to be in, that was done. So you didn't think about at least taking a shot in the end zone at all? No, I wanted to get a first down, call timeout, and then we had right. three shots to the end zone. Right. We had just come back from two scores down. So there you go. He said that he was looking at that situation as an end of half instead of end of game. I could not disagree more. I could not disagree more. But it's not the end of the world. As long as the guy has good reasoning, and that was his reasoning, I'm going to be okay with the decision. Now, if the guy has really bad reasoning, then it makes the decision that much worse. I hated the decision to get conservative. I wanted to go for the win, not the tie. I thought it was a bad look for Dan Campbell. I'm ready to move on. But I did tell you something I heard on Detroit radio. Midday show, Carson Anderson did a topic. It was this. Are you losing confidence in Dan Campbell? Not to be fair. Both those guys are not losing confidence. Some guys called up and said yes. Some guys called up and said no. It was great sports radio. No question about it. It's a great sports radio topic. In fact, I think I'm going to steal it and do it myself. But are we really asking this question? Two games in, and this is where I'm working on myself, people, being less reactionary. Two games in, we're asking the question if you're losing confidence in Dan Campbell. Now, Campbell's not perfect. He's had some questionable calls over the years. We all remember last year in Minnesota, he sent his field goal kicker out to make a kick he knew he couldn't make. Regretted the decision publicly. Kirk Cousins drove down the field. Vikings won the game. I remember the year before, Ford Field. Dan Campbell and company really misplayed the Baltimore Ravens game when Justin Tucker kicked the 66-yarder for the win. Remember, it hit the post, crossbar, went over. People don't remember there was a 4th and 19 that Lamar Jackson and company had to convert to even get to that point. Dan Campbell called the timeout. That was a dumb decision. Lamar, after the game, said if Campbell doesn't call that timeout because Ravens didn't have any, Lamar never got a chance to clear his head and really kind of come to the events that he was facing. He said the fact that the Lions called that timeout really helped him. They converted the fourth and 19. Ravens walk away with the win. Okay? So, yeah, there's been some mistakes along the way. I'm not going to freak out over it because if you're going to focus on the mistakes, and there was a couple, maybe I'm forgetting some, like a one and six start last year. If you're going to focus on the mistakes, then you better give him credit for what he did last year, though. Finishing 8-10. and 10, Digging his team out of a 1-6 and six start. Do you have any idea how hard that is to do? Lions were dead. Over. Do you remember Sheila Ford had to talk to the media and say, listen, Dan's still our guy. Brad's our guy. Everything's going to be okay. They lost the next game to Miami. And then they went eight of 10. Like that was pretty amazing from how the season started to how it ended. Guys got better. The lions had a chance to make the postseason, And I credit Dan Campbell with a lot of that. The other thing that Dan Campbell has already proven, he's not one of these guys that sticks by bad decisions. He's fired two guys already in 
two years on the job before this year. He fired Anthony Lynn as the OC in year one. That resulted in Ben Johnson, by the way, eventually becoming the OC, probably the right move. And then last year, he fired Aubrey Pleasance. That resulted in the Lions D finally being able to stop somebody and stop the run. It's a hard decision when you hire people and then you got to fire people because people on the outside automatically say, wow, this guy has no idea what he's doing. He's firing those dudes that he hired. That's why most guys, GMs, coaches, whoever, they stick by their original decision because they made it. And they don't want to admit they were wrong by changing personnel. Dan Campbell doesn't care about that. He's already done that twice. Who knows? Maybe he's got to do it a third time. So I'm proud of myself because I'm working on myself. I'm less reactionary. I think it's preposterous right now to ask if you've lost confidence in Dan Campbell. I think it's ridiculous. Is he perfect? No. Is the time management bugaboos going to pop up here and there? Yes. Do the guys love him? Yes. Do they play hard for him? Yes. Is he and has great odds to win coach of the year? Yes. Like, come on. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe this thing gets away from Dan. Maybe the injuries are too much. Maybe the team performs lousy. Maybe the 8 of 10 was a total fluke, an aberration, and Dan Campbell stinks as a head coach. And if that's the case, I'll come back and I'll say I was wrong on September 20th. But my God, people, we're doing this already. Look at me go. So not reactionary. We're doing this already. We're going to ask this question going into week three when they just suffered nine injuries after week two and week one. No, I have not lost confidence in Dan Campbell. But I respect your opinion, even though you might not respect mine. So comment section below. There, right there. Have you lost confidence in Dan Campbell? Mostly because of his decision to go conservative at the end of Sunday's game. Or maybe you hated the going for it three times on fourth down. Answer the question if you'd be so kind. Because I'm really curious what you think. But for me, Mr. Non-Reactionary, been working on myself, as I said, I have not lost confidence. I, I think it's too early to ask the question. I will never blame anybody for asking a question. I'm never going to try to guilt somebody saying, that's unfair. Makes for good sports radio if you ask those questions. But it is too early. In my opinion, I have not lost confidence in MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. What about you? Comment section below. Let me know. Let me know. Fair? Fair. Let's move on to the comments, shall we? Good comments. In case you're just joining the podcast, welcome. Download, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, the daily ticket. Please rate and review as always. Love y'all. Usually I read a good comment and a bad comment. Good comment. Usually, recently he's been asking questions. Bad comment rips on me. So here's the good comment. Jeff, what's your take on all those people saying they no longer care about MSU football? That's true, by the way. A lot of people, because Mel Tucker officially is starting to get fired. And Michigan State got smoked by Washington over the weekend. There's a lot of people, even at our radio station, they're like, well, what's the point? Why even bother with MSU? Like, I I've lost my passion. I think all those people are liars. <laughs> I do. If Michigan State would have beat Washington, which, of course, they did not, they had no chance to, you wouldn't be asking that question. If Harlan Barnett finds a way to knock off Iowa or knock off Penn State or knock off Ohio State or knock off 
Michigan on October 21st in East Lansing. The same people that right now claim, I got nothing to watch for. Why am I bother watching? Again, the voice in my head for y'all. Those same people are going to be like, oh, can't wait till next year. Get a good recruiting class. Go find yourself a coach. Blah, 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 blah. So no, I don't buy it. I know how fans are because I'm a fan myself. After a bad loss and after embarrassment with what's going on with the scandal, it's hard to get back up 100%. And even though right now you might be thinking to yourself, why bother? You're not done. You still care. You always will care. That's why you're a fan. So stop it with that. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe that four games in and a coach getting fired is ruining your fandom for Michigan State when you've rooted for them, if you've rooted for them your entire life. So I don't buy that. If you, again, comment section below. But yeah, right now you're down. You're out. I get it. Let's say Michigan State pulls off a victory that nobody expects them to. Let's say they knock off Penn State the last game of the regular season at Ford Field on a Friday night, Black Friday. You're going to be right back there. And by the way, I'm not judging you because I would too if I like Michigan State. So, there you go. Here's my bad comment. This one says this. Rieger, you are the worst. You're always there to point out when somebody was wrong after the fact. You did it with these you did it with Nick Castellanos. Now you're doing it with DeAndre Swift. I can't think of a worse kind of person than the guy that reminds you of all these moves being wrong now when he liked them at the time of those moves. You are pathetic. Fair. I did do it with Isaac Paredes. At the time, Austin Meadows for Isaac Paredes. I thought it was a good move. Isaac Paredes now kills the ball, and unfortunately, because of medical issues, Austin Meadows field turned out to be a bad trade for the Tigers. I did do it with Nick Castellanos, although at the time I never wanted to trade Nick, homegrown guy. I thought Nick was and should have been a Detroit Tiger for life. You know, he's the only guy in the National League right now that doesn't have an error. It's pretty good, right? All-star. Kills the baseball, over 100 RBI and 25 bombs. Yeah, why would you want a guy like that on your team? So I never wanted to get rid of that, Nick. And Al Avila screwed that up from the get-go. So I don't think that's fair for you to bring that up. As far as DeAndre Swift is concerned, at the time, I did say, why are you trading him? And that was the podcast yesterday, by the way. That's what this individual is referring to. You should have never traded DeAndre Swift. should have kept him. Let me cover that yesterday. Go back and watch it if you want to on the daily ticket. But you got one of three right. But here's what I would say. For all the people like myself that want to bring up bad trades after the fact when you claim they liked them at the time of the trade, I don't get paid millions to make trades. I don't. Al Avila got paid like five million bucks to make trades. So whether I liked it or hated it at the time, he gets paid to be right. I get paid to run my mouth. So that's what I would say to you. Did I answer that well enough? Oh, good. Thank you. By the way, dog still out here. Look, look here we go. You want to see the dog again? I'm sure you do. Let's see if I can do this here. There she is. Look at that cutie. That's right. Bouncy. Bouncy. Say hi. All right. 
listen, she's like 12 and a half years old. I don't know how much longer I get to show her off. So forgive me. Another episode of The Daily Ticket in the Books will join you on Thursday, the 21st of September. Rate, review, and of course, please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And answer the question, are you losing confidence in Dan Campbell? I'm not. And then I guess if you're a Michigan State fan, have you lost the will to watch? You can hit on that as well. All right. We will catch you tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.